Let's now take our Bibles and open God's holy word, first of all, to the book of Psalms. We'll read this morning from Psalm 31. And we're reading this psalm in connection with the text for this morning. It's regarding the last word of Christ on the cross, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And that is a quote from this psalm. Listen now to the word of our God, to the chief musician, a psalm of David. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness, bow down your ear to me, deliver me speedily, be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress, therefore for your name's sake lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me, for you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. I have hated those who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities and have not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief, yes, my soul and my body. Before my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing, my strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and am repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside flee from me. I am forgotten like a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel, for I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side. While they take counsel together against me, they scheme to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine upon your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. Do not let me be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon you. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak insolent things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of men. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried out to you. O oh, love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. 
And then we turn to our text, which is in Luke chapter 23. We'll read Luke 23. And verse 46 is the text, but we'll read starting at verse 43. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last so far. And after the sermon, we will sing in response Psalm 31, the stanzas 2, 3, and 14. Dear brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, the last words that are spoken by believers prior to their death are often kept alive and cherished by family and friends. For dying words frequently reflect the confidence with which a believer passed through the gates of death into the glory of heaven. The dying words of our Lord Jesus Christ open for us a window giving us a glimpse of how he entered the realm of the dead. And indeed, this is an all-important matter for us to know as members of his family, as his brothers and sisters. How did Jesus of Nazareth die? And how did he appear before the judgment seat of the Father? According to the earthly judgment of the Sanhedrin, Jesus blasphemed God by claiming for himself a place equal with the Father. They believed he had one thing coming to him, the curse of God's wrath. The Sanhedrin condemned Jesus to hell and from their perspective, the man of Nazareth was on the cross with no hope no comfort, no future. He was on his way to perdition and eternal death. And doesn't the crucifixion itself and what Christ experiences on the cross seem to confirm the verdict of Israel's leaders? According to the Old Testament, a crucified one was cursed by God. So while Jesus is on the cross, he endures three hours of hellish agony. He experiences the terror of being forsaken. And he feels the dreadful wrath of God bearing down upon his soul so that he cries out in anguish, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Well, within that context, Jesus' dying words are all the more remarkable and stunning. With a loud voice, he proclaims, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus has endured all sorts of evil, ridicule, derision at the hands of people, his own people. He suffers a punishment he did not deserve. And yet there is not a shred of bitterness or resentment within his heart. The seventh and final saying of our Lord Jesus from the cross is so wonderful. There's far more to what is being said than our human minds can comprehend. It brings us to our knees in humble gratitude and prayer. And brothers and sisters, these words comfort us tremendously throughout the days of our life and at the moment of our death. The last words that Christ speaks at his, in his state of humiliation are a beautiful confession of his faith and trust in his heavenly Father. He dies with a psalm on his lips. Well, let us examine what these words meant for Christ and what they mean for us today. And we do so under the following theme. In his evening prayer, Jesus commits his spirit into the hands of his Father. And we'll look at two things, what, his, what this prayer meant for him, and secondly, what this prayer means for us. Our Lord Jesus died with a prayer on his lips. And that's because he lived with a prayer in his heart. The final words of Christ on the cross are a direct quote of Psalm 31, which we read. And according to rabbinical literature, the words of Psalm 31 verse 5 were taught in families as a nighttime prayer for the children. So just as our children learn to pray, now I lay me down to sleep, or something similar, the little Jewish children said, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus like the other boys and girls that lived down the street who went to the same synagogue and the same school would have been taught by his mother to pray the words of Psalm 31, verse 5. So the seventh and last word on the cross was one of the first things Jesus learned as a boy. Jesus has gone through an excruciatingly difficult day of pain and suffering. He was dead tired and about to breathe his last. But as he closes his eyes, he says the prayer he learned as a child. And all who were standing at the foot of the cross would have recognized it as an evening prayer. Jesus prays to the Father. But he wants everyone who is present to hear it. The people at the cross must hear him say his nighttime prayer for one last time. Well, these final words of our dear Savior need to be kept within the context of previous events. And once again, we are made aware of how the Lord Jesus is sovereignly in control of his entire passion. 
At this moment, he is aware that all things that needed to take place to secure our salvation and redemption has been accomplished. John 19 verse 28 says, He knew all was completed. The three hours of darkness have passed. The redeeming work is done, and this is why he declared it is finished. The redeeming and saving work of the Father that the Father had given him to do is now complete. Yes, on behalf of sinners. On our behalf, Jesus fulfilled everything the law required of him. Everything the ceremonial law foreshadowed has been accomplished. We sang the words of Psalm 130. From all their transgression, he will redeem his own. And that promise has been fulfilled. And notice Christ's death was not with a wrenching struggle against his enemies. He did not display any frenzied death rose. His passage into death, like every other aspect of suffering, was a deliberate act of his own sovereign will. And this is why, as the good shepherd, he passes through the valley of the shadow of death, fearing no evil, for he knows that the Lord will go with him. He commits his spirit into the hands of his Father, and with that has the assurance that he can safely pass through death's door. And furthermore, Christ's final word on the cross is a prayer that expresses his heartfelt and unqualified submission to the will of his heavenly Father. At the conclusion of every day, when he had accomplished what the heavenly Father had given him to do for that specific day, the Lord Jesus bowed his knees in prayer. He goes to sleep trusting his Father will give him the rest he needs for what the next day will bring. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And with those words, Jesus expresses the special bond that exists between the persons of the triune God. And so, brothers and sisters, Christ's final words are the culmination of a ministry that from start to finish demonstrated his complete dependence on and submission to the will of his heavenly Father. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And note well, this is not the statement of an obsequious, flattering Savior who aims only to please and will do everything to accomplish that goal. The word commit means to deliver or to deposit a thing to one's trust. It means to deposit something valuable in a safe place. It's what you do when you take your most valuable possessions and put them in a safe. Well, Jesus places his life in the safekeeping of his heavenly Father's hands. 
He knows that being safe in the hands of his dear father, he does not need to fear the moment of death. He accomplished what he was called to do. He already experienced the darkness and the agony of hell. He has borne the heavy wrath of God against sin, and now he can be certain that he will be received into glory. During the three hours of darkness, it wasn't possible for the Lord Jesus to address God as his Father. Having come under the curse of God, he felt the excruciating pain and hellish agony of eternal separation. But thankfully, this part of his work is now behind him. Jesus does not enter physical death experiencing the pain of eternal death. And to our comfort, Jesus can once again address God as his Father. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He experienced the horror and the horror of hell for three dark hours, but his life does not ebb away in desperation, darkness, or despair. He is restored to communion with his heavenly Father. Jesus has come to the close of a very, very difficult day. But he does not refuse to pray because he is angered by what he experienced. He does not forget to pray. As he is about to enter the sleep of death, he bows his head and entrusts his life into the hands of his Father. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus will die experiencing sweet communion with his Father. The three hours of being forsaken are done. He will never again experience that darkness of being God forsaken. He is safe in the loving hands of his Father. And brothers and sisters, what takes place is such an amazing display of love, trust, and goodness. The seventh word of Christ on the cross not only demonstrates how Jesus is restored to communion with the Father, but it also reveals to us how Christ is delivered from what he experienced at the hands of sinful people. You know how throughout his entire earthly ministry, Jesus was surrounded by enemies who tried to lure him away from what he came to do. And our Savior was fully aware that cruel hands were out to get him. And so he repeatedly spoke about it with his disciples. For example, he said to his sleepy disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And on the morning of the resurrection, the angels reminded the women who came to the grave that Jesus had told them that he would be delivered into the hands of sinful people. 
We read in Luke chapter 24, verse 5 through 7, And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. Now it wouldn't have been difficult for Christ to avoid being delivered into the hands of sinners. Do you remember what happened when the soldiers came to arrest him in the Garden of Gethsemane? His mere presence and the words he spoke was enough to knock the soldiers to the ground. Jesus had at his disposal thousands of angels. He could have called them to come to his defense in a split second. But in obedience to Scripture and to the will of God, for your and my eternal well-being, Jesus allowed himself to be delivered into the hands of sinners. The Lord Jesus was betrayed despised and rejected. They crucified the Lord of glory. But now that too is over. It is finished. Jesus is safe in the hands of his heavenly Father and will never, ever suffer again what he endured during his earthly ministry. The Savior accomplished what he was sent to do. And that is why we can be sure that he will never again be delivered into the hands of sinful men. Never again will he be at the mercy of wicked people. Never again will he suffer shame. Jesus commits himself into the hands of the Father. And being in the hands of his Father, Jesus can die in the certainty that he will rise from the grave and with a glorified body will be exalted to a place of the highest honor. He will be seated at the right hand of his heavenly Father throughout all eternity. And he will be given a name that is above every name. With the seventh and final word of Christ from the cross, we are reminded that death is not the end for Christ. This is now the second time that Christ clearly indicates that death is in no way the end. Remember what he said to, the one, to one of the men being crucified with him? He said, today you will be with me in paradise. And so even in his suffering and death on the cross, Christ displays hope and expresses his confidence. And that is why he can say with the greatest assurance after the anxiety of three hours of hellish agony, after they have come to an end, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. But let's move on to our second point. For our Lord Jesus not only prays for himself when he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, but he prays 
as the great intercessor, the mediator of the covenant, as the head of the church, as the good shepherd of the sheep. And incorporated in him by faith, we believe that when he commits his own life into the hands of his Father, he does this for your and my sake. His protection and security in the hands of His Heavenly Father is your and my protection. And being in Him, we have the certainty that we are safe in the loving and saving hands of the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Yes, thanks to the completed work of our Savior. Thanks to what he was able to say in those final words on the cross, we can know ourselves safe and secure in the hands of God when we are faced with trouble and when we are faced with death. In faith we may say our nighttime prayer, Father, as I make my way into death's abode, into your hands I commit my spirit. Thanks be to Christ. In Him, too, we can have confidence that the suffering of this present time is not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed. Death is not the end for us. After death, our spirit continues to live. Yes, thanks to the completed work of our Redeemer, we can know with certainty that God's arms are open to us and his hands extended to dying children. Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. I commit my spirit, not into some dark unknown, but into the hands of you, Lord. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. With those words, many believers entered their earthly journey. Consider the deacon Stephen. We read in Acts chapter 7 verse 59, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he was not the only one that uttered such words. One of the first martyrs, Polycarp of Smyrna, prayed, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit as the flames consumed his body. And some years later, on the evening of February 17, 1546, Martin Luther experienced severe chest pains. And when he went to his bed, he prayed, Into your hands I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. He thanked the Lord for revealing his son to him in whom he had believed. And a few hours later, Luther was taken up into glory. But let's be clear. We do not have to wait for the moment of our death to place these words on our lips. This prayer is not a prayer for the dying, but for those who live and die with hope. The words Christ quotes from Psalm 31 are meant to be prayed 
every day. In fact, that's the original context of these words as they were penned by David in Psalm 31. David did not say the words, into your hands I commit my spirit at the close of his life while on his deathbed. But as he sought to complete the task the Lord assigned to him, David is surrounded by enemies and hostile forces. And he knows that his times are in the Lord's hands. He knows and he trusts the Lord will protect him and therefore he can go to bed at night and he can be certain the Lord will watch over his soul. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. That's the word of one who is going to sleep, who needs rest in order that he should keep going with his task. And Jesus, as the great son of David, prays on the cross, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he does so with more than death on his mind. His redeeming work is done, but he has more work to do. On the cross, he has the resurrection of the body on his mind. He commits his spirit into the hands of his Father, trusting that he will not be forsaken as he goes through the valley of the shadow of death. The final words of Christ on the cross are so comforting and encouraging, aren't they? They're energizing. For we can step forward now into the future strong and of good courage. We can go to bed at night knowing that we are safe in the hands of our Father. We bury our loved ones knowing that death is not the end for them. We are not afraid of the sleep of death. As we say our nighttime prayer, as we sing our evening song, we know in whom our hope is founded through ever-changing day and night. The seventh and last word of Christ on the cross allows you and me to go to bed at night without ever fearing that we will, wake up, we will not wake up again. Even if your earthly journey comes to an end, you will wake up. There will be a resurrection of the body. Isn't it truly amazing that you can say these words throughout the days of your life because they were the final words Jesus, your Savior, uttered on the cross? You may say them now. Boys and girls, Teenagers, adults, we may say them tonight as we go to bed. We may pray these words tomorrow morning as we get out of bed and start a new day. Father, I entrust and commit my whole being, my soul and spirit into your safekeeping. Take my life and let it be consecrated. To thee. And to place these words on your lips is both a prayer and confession of faith at the same time. And beloved, you never 
really live until you do that, placing this as a prayer and confession on your lips. For all that comes before that act of full surrender is death. But when you have entrusted and committed your life to the Lord and entrusted, entrusted Christ, then you have truly started living. The work of the Lord Jesus makes it possible and necessary for us to pray, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Well, let this be your morning prayer. And then as you conclude the day, look at how safe you have been in the hands of your heavenly Father every passing moment. And as you settle into bed, make it your nightly prayer, O oh, Father, keep watch over me throughout the night. Into your hands I commit my spirit. What Jesus prayed as the last word on the cross is a prayer for all times. When we feel stressed, exhausted, disappointed and saddened by life's twists and turns, but also when we are encouraged and the sun shines brightly and times are good. This is a prayer for those who are healthy and for those who struggle with pain and perplexing problems. It is a prayer for every place. It is a prayer for the workplace and for the office and for the classroom and the bedroom. It is a prayer for everyone, for the strong and the weak. It is a prayer for parents and for grandparents who are anxious about their children and grandchildren. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. That's a powerful nighttime prayer for young children and their parents, for intellects and those with learning disabilities. Every one of us, at every hour of our lives, can pray, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I entrust myself to you in life and in death. We say these words with confidence because our Savior first experienced for us the darkness and torment of being forsaken by God. Oh, there is so much comfort and assurance in these words. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has become my God and my Father. And He loves me and cares for me and supplies me with all my needs. He works out everything for my good. Jesus prayed His nighttime prayer before He closed His eyes and entered the sleep of death. And He did so fully confident that he would rise up in the morning of the resurrection as his body was reunited with his soul. His work was not in vain. And that is the way he allows us to face each day. Jesus is our sure defense. Even in our darkest hour, he will shield us with his power. Yes, we can commit our spirit into his hands.
knowing the Lord will watch over us from now on and into all eternity. The Lord Jesus ended his suffering with a committal so that all the days of our life we might be committed to him. Well then, brothers and sisters, be strong and let your hearts take courage knowing without a shadow of a doubt that he will forsake you never. Amen.